All right, welcome to Talking Giants. It's one o'clock in the morning. The Giants just signed Blake Martinez. So here is the lowdown. We recorded an entire episode going through James Bradbury, Leonard Williams, David Mayo, and Aldrich Rosas. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick it to the James Bradbury and Leonard Williams talk, which was about the first 30 minutes or so. And then we're going to cut the entire second half out of the show and we're getting ready to re-record it, talking about when we'll start with Blake Martinez. And then I'll lead into David Mayo, because we're going to leave the David Mayo conversation in and, and other stuff. But it just, none of it makes sense now that Blake Martinez is signed. So without uh, without further ado, the first half, and then now we're going to re-record the second half. So we'll, this is going to be a little choppy, but we appreciate you guys. And we're, we're re-recording this at 1 o'clock in the morning, because we love y'all. All right, here it is. Welcome to Talking Giants, boys and girls. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. And Justin, we got a lot of news to get to. I don't know. I think that's more of a question. Because the Giants signed cornerback James Bradbury from the Panthers. They tagged Leonard Williams. They brought David Mayo back. And they tendered Algerosis. But Justin, before we get into all of that, how are you doing, my man? Day three of social isolation. So... That's happening. But Bobby Skinner, today, the New York football giants are a much better football team than they were yesterday, and that makes me happy. I will say they're a better football team. I don't know how much I can say much. We're going to get into the James Bradbury stuff, and we'll see what goes going forward. And I like Bradbury, but much. That's a that's a bold claim, Justin. I think you're choosing to be hypercritical with my words right now, and I don't I like know, that's how I we're st- I don't like I don't like that's how we're starting off this show. I don't like let's debate. Is it much or slightly? <laughs> For the next 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly first take. That's like when first takes, like, is are they done or are they finished? All right. <laughs> Justin, the day started out with Leonard Williams getting franchise tagged and then Aldrick Rose us getting tendered, which we will get to all of that. And the weekend started with David Mayo signing a three-year deal. But, Justin, the Giants went out and got – a big fish, and Panthers cornerback James Bradbury, who's he's twenty six years old, so he's very young. He's six foot one, two hundred twelve pounds. He was a second round pick by Dave Gettleman when he was in Carolina in two thousand sixteen out of the uh, Samford University, big college second round pick. Three years, forty five million dollars, so fifteen years annually, thirty two million dollars guaranteed. Justin, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, my initial thoughts when I saw it is kind of upset that we didn't get Byron Jones because I feel like we were just so, I feel like both Danny, myself, and you were just so, so invested in Byron Jones. But then you pull up the Pro Football Reference page, you pull up the film, you pull up some more of the advanced stats, and especially when you did kind of get more into the film, I got more excited when I watched the film compared to just the advanced stats. Bobby, we picked up a good ball player. We picked up a good player. Is it safe to say that if Dave Gettleman does not touch the secondary 
from here on out that that's not the worst thing in the world, even though I guess maybe we would prefer a safety. But if Dave Gettleman does not touch the cornerbacks for the rest of the offseason, I don't feel terrible about it. So I think that just goes to show how much James Bradbury can kind of changes this secondary, whether it's by how much to use the word that I used to start off the show, whether it's how much I, I just, I don't know, but certainly a very good player. Cornerback is a very important position. And that's why Byron Jones was number one on our list, along with the fact that he's one of the better free agents to really hit the market because of Dallas's cap situation. There, there will be need to be another move because we don't have a nickel. And then so if you say we move Julian Love into the nickel, which I'd be cool with. I mean, I thought he was going to start there in, in 2019. Well, then free safety is a hole, and we can't go into 2020 with Antoine Bethea there. He might not even be on this team. That being said, there's some guys in the draft, but you also don't want to rely on a second, third-round guy to come and start week one. So there might need to be another, might need to be another move. It doesn't have to be a huge move, but there might be another move. But this is big. Like my only like contradiction to what you say is the more and more that time is passing and being like, yeah, you know, I guess 70, 80 million dollars isn't as much as we're thinking. And we're seeing just how much money guys are getting through free agency. Like James Bradbury, he's the what is he, the third highest paid corner in the National Football League now? Now yes. that doesn't mean anything. Like two, two, three years from now, Bobby, that's gonna mean nothing. James Bradbury being the top uh, no, the third Justin, highest paid corner. We, sh- we can we gotta make Leonard Williams jokes because he makes more than JJ Watt, who signed a contract six years uh, ago. It, it it means it means nothing, but I hate when I understand do that. where you're coming. Especially when it's PFF. I understand where I understand where you're coming from by being like, okay, you know, the Giants still possibly need a slot corner, and I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not saying it has to be a huge move, Justin. I'm just saying, like, that's a hole. That's a hole in the secondary. But the secondary as a hole, um, no pun intended, is a lot better with James Bradbury because you can rely on him as the number one corner, which we'll get into him as a player, but you can rely on him as the number one corner. I mean, he's been one for the Panthers. And that allows that takes a lot of pressure off DeAndre Baker, who's got a lot of potential. Obviously, you know he's a first round pick, and they're both actually kind of similar corners as well, too. So that's uh, you know a positive. Um, you put him, you know, covering number two wide receivers in his second year, and hell, maybe he plays like he's a number one corner and he grows into that role. And then you have two really good corners. You got the safety in Jabril Peppers. I mean, it's just that free safety nickel role. But Justin. James Bradbury is a guy I'm excited about. I mean, his advanced stats are, are are good, which you'll get into. I've went through four full games of his film so far. I'm going to get into all of them, and I like what I see. And he's going against like top wide receivers. I mean, he you know this year he went up against you know DeAndre Hopkins in the division. He goes against Mike Evans twice a year. He goes up against Michael Thomas twice a year, Julio Jones twice a year, and he's not a uh, play one side of the field and cover three corner. He falls the best rat guy around the field. Yeah, and that's something that I kind of wanted to interrupt you before we got too far into Bradbury because we were just talking about slot corner. And one of the things that the Giants have fallen victim to time and time again, I think back to this problem that stems back to that wild card round 2016 against Green Bay. I will always remember this game, and this is why we lost this game. You know, don't don't talk about the boat trip, but talk about the fact that Dominic Rogers Camardi got hurt in that game when he was defending the slot and he was defending Randall Cobb in the slot. And then Tevin Wade comes trucking in, trolling in, and that's where we basically lose the game when Tevin Wade, Trevin Wade is covering that slot. And, you know, we would have teams put their best receiver 
in the slot, no matter if they were a slot receiver or not a slot receiver, and they would take advantage of that mismatch and of the fact that Giants just the Giants just have not had capable slot cornerbacks throughout the years. So seeing your observation today, Bobby, about, you know, hey, Bradbury has been following guys no matter where they go, whether that's on the outside or whether that's in the slot, no matter where they go, Bradbury follows the other team's best guy. That's something that makes me very, very excited. And it may not be totally necessary, and this is why I'm feeling this way, it may not be totally, totally necessary to go out and get that slot corner because just looking at the resources that are available, it just may not be possible for Gettleman and the Giants to do so. Well, I mean, we'll see, and I don't want to get too much into what happens no, next yeah, right but, now. But yeah, him following guys around, and now part of that with Betcher was scheme, and Jordan Norris Jenkins flat out, you know, he said, like, I'm the only number one corner who doesn't follow people. And, you know, we saw the Bears to do it, the Packers do it, where we had Corey Ballantyne in the slot, and they're like, we're just going to pit um, Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson in the slot and just destroy you guys. And that's what they did. I mean, that was the only good drive of the game that Mitch Trubisky had was when they're like, hey, let's put Allen Robinson in the slot. And they threw to him like three times. He had like 75 yards in one drive or something like that. And then Devontae Adams did the same thing against Corey Ballantyne. Um so it's a huge move, Justin. And we, we we talked about it. We could not go into 2020 with all the corners the way they were. Like if it, whether it was drafting Okuda in the first round or going out and get a guy like Bradbury, Byron Jones was obviously at the top of our list. It was a it was a must to get a corner to come in and play. All right, let's get this question out of the air right now before we get into the advanced stats. Before we get into like the official observations that we had on film that you had on film. Let's just get into this right now. We're still early in the show, and it's the elephant in the room. Are we upset that we missed out on Byron Jones compared to Bradbury? Just get just get out of the way right now. Upset? No. Now, part of me, like, hey, you know what? Maybe we pay. because So I don't know what uh, Bradbury's are in the first two years hasn't been released, but it's annual 15, where Byron Jones is a little over 17, although he's making 20 mil per year in the first two seasons. So that's a difference in five million cap space, and at this point right now, uh, that would pit us at less, probably less than twenty mil to play with. Um, and we'll get into what we're at cap wise, but at the moment, it would pit us at a little less than twenty mil to play with when you include draft picks. So, is Byron Jones the better corner? Yes, but what makes me not upset is that we went out and got probably the second best corner um at least from what i've seen i you know i haven't went and looked at chris harris and every other person but when i watch james bradbury i don't go man byron jones is so much better than this guy i go <laughs> man this guy is really good so that's why i'm not upset is because we filled that position with a really good player in bradbury i also think the florida impact really needs to be considered here where uh, bobby you've expressed on the show before how you love florida's laws I would be much more upset if Byron Jones went to Philadelphia and maybe that's got this what contract. I was going to say is he leaves <laughs> Dallas. He doesn't go to Philly. So that just makes the division worse, which is really nice. But also, you know, if you just look at what's been more beneficial for the player, going to Florida is more beneficial for the player. So $20 million. Now, first of all, that's bananas. He not only got $20 million, but he got $20 million in Florida. The Giants would have probably had to give, you know, with maybe an average annual value of somewhere between what it's go for that Byron Jones contract. If you split it up into equal parts, it's like 15 point, it's like 15 and a half million dollars. 
But like you said, it's front-loaded with the first two years. So the Giants would have had to give more than $20 million because there's no state income tax in Florida, which is bananas, which I, you know, you're, you're not doing. I, you love Byron Jones. I was really invested in Byron Jones. I'm upset that Byron Jones isn't a giant, but I'm also happy that James Bradbury is. And knowing that he went to Miami and he and knowing that Byron Jones went to Miami and not Philly, where you know, you're talking about similar financial situations in terms of just being a citizen, I definitely do prefer that. Have fun in Miami. Get your guaranteed money. Enjoy no state income tax. Um, enjoy Eric Flowers. Enjoy, enjoy Eric Flowers. What a what a day Miami had. But uh, but that's for they got that's Van for Noy, who was a guy I like too. Uh, all right, and I will say, Justin, that when we play Dallas, James Bradbury is going to be important. You want to know why, Justin? Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to think specifically why because just, probably it's Amari, not a trick question. Amari, just, Amari Cooper just signed for five years, one hundred million dollars with the Dallas Cowboys. That was no three way. minutes ago. Three minutes ago. I, I I'm checking Twitter period like every five minutes for deals because we're doing this um, late at night. Five years, one hundred million. Amari Cooper is making twenty million dollars to be not an elite wide receiver, but he's a very good wide receiver, but not an elite wide receiver. You know what James Bradbury is going to do to him? You know, formations and personnel. What- it's going to beat his ass. I like it. So James Bradbury, we need you. That's and you know what? That's going to be the week one matchup. We already know it's you know there's Giants Dallas week one every year. Now that Jason Garrett is on the Giants, that is 100% being a week one matchup. Amari Cooper versus uh, James Bradbury. Oh, I love it. I, I I kind of got more excited now. Like if you were to tell me, like if you were to tell me that Amari Cooper would have left, and I'm like, oh, what James Bradbury versus uh, uh, what Michael Gallup? That wouldn't have made me excited. But now I'm kind of like low key excited for. Bradbury Cooper. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh Justin, let's get into Bradbury as the player though. You have you haven't he has good advanced stats. Justin, why don't you why don't you why don't you tell us the stats, the statisticals that are advanced in nature? That that was really tough for you to get to, to get that ask out of you. <laughs> it was really tough for I you. You alright? I was just I was just <laughs> I was trying to be goofy, and it just wasn't working. There was really nothing funny to do with it. Your statisticals almost sounded like you said testicles, but that's okay. I'll, I'll let I'll, I'll let that pass. I'll let so that pass. So are, are you Are you ready? You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So James Bradbury. See, I even had trouble there. James Bradbury stats at a glance. We're gonna go back to 2018 and 2019. 44 completion percentage allowed in 2018. 113 targets, which is a lot but only 50 completions allowed. In 2019, he allowed 59.8% of his passes and catches allowed, 97 targets, 58 completions. In 2018, he had six touchdowns allowed. In 2019, he only allowed one touchdown, which is very, very good. In 2018, he had an 82.5 quarterback rating allowed. In 2019, listen to this, 70.1 quarterback rating allowed. In 2018, he allowed 802 yards. In 2019, he allowed 644 yards. Now, the metric that impresses me the most, Bobby, this is what impresses me the most. NFL Next Gen Stats put out this uh, tight window rate metric, which measures the percentage of targets in tight windows. You know, though, not really, not really a lot to explain there. James Bradbury was third in the National Football League 
compared to all secondary players with a 29% tight window rate. Number one was Casey Hayward at 31%. Number two was Darius Slay, 31%. James Bradbury, Jason McCourty, and Janoris Jenkins were tied for third, tight window rate of 29%. So, Bobby, this is one of the things that I, I got most excited about seeing that, you know, when he allows catchers or, you know, when he's basically just defending guys. He's not allowing open passes that often. Tight window rate. He's very, very much securing guys, even if he's allowing catches. And that's something that the film backed up in my eyes. So I was glad to see that that stat and that metric backed up what the film says. It really does. And those stats are pretty good. I mean, the 2018 completion percentage of on 113 targets, 44.2%. I mean, that's kind of unreal. Bananas. Uh, only giving up one touchdown in 2019, although he did give up six in uh, 2018. But that's uh, a, that's kind of like a random stat, and you've talked about that before. Yeah, um, and it's it's not too far off of what Byron Jones is like, like per like p- completion percent stuff like that. The difference with Byron Jones is that they just don't throw at him, like, and because people are like, man, Byron Jones has a lot less targets than him. Byron Jones is an anomaly, and that's why he's so good. Is that they just don't throw at him because he shuts down half the field. So yeah, those advanced- something that's something that's important to remember about. I think the the contradiction to what people say about oh yeah, well Byron Jones doesn't get targeted, which is true. Like it's very very true. You have to know the context in which James Bradbury played in and the division that he played in. I mean, in 2019, what did he, you know, he played in the NFC South, so he's inevitably playing Mike Evans twice. He's playing Julio Jones twice, and he's playing Michael Thomas twice. <laughs> that's that's a yeah. very, very tough division to be a number one cornerback in. And he's done it for years now, and he's done a solid job. And he had games against DeAndre Hopkins, you know, DK Metcalf. I mean, he played awesome wide receivers this year. And like you said, he was playing three of the be- like three of like top five, maybe. Like if you want to put Mike Evans in there, maybe you say top seven, eight, or whatever it comes down to. But I mean, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, those boys are both top five. I don't know how people feel about Jones anymore, but Michael Thomas was the best wide receiver in the game last year. I haven't gotten to that film quite yet. I've watched I watched the first four games, which was against the Rams, uh, the Texans. I watched him against Hopkins, where he played very well. The Cardinals. And then the Bucks, Mike Evans, where he did a pretty good. He gave up a forty-one yard go route, but it was honestly a perfectly placed ball by Jameis. And besides that, I mean, he was pretty good. So what? But what does the film say about James Bradbury, Justin? Let me tell you, he plays guys tight, and he's a really smart player. When he's in zone coverage, he plays smart. And for example, I'm going to try and do my best to translate this to a podcast. Say his responsibility is in a flat, like in the flats, you know. But there was like multiple times where they would run a corner, and it was it's almost kind of like Spider Two Y Banana, the famous you know John Gruden play that's in every single uh, football playbook from Pee Wee to the NFL. Do your do um, your best John Gruden impression right now, man. See, my John Gruden impression comes with like very offensive jokes on some men radio. It's like, a, oh gosh, man, this guy Devin Bush is going to do more damage than the other oh, Bush God. did on nine eleven. This guy oh, can do boy. some damage on the football field. So, so all, all I all I wanted was for you to say "spider through white banana" in a John Gruden voice, and you gave me something totally different. <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick, why Josh <laughs> Allen is still on the board? By the way, he's got Mariota with him. But back to my point, like it's a spider two wide <laughs> banana where you got a flat, a corner, and a go route, and then a, a deep post on the backside. 
when you've seen it a million times. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's on Madden. I mean, I'm telling you, it's in every single playbook at every level of, of football from Pee Wee on. Um, where his responsibility might have been the out route, but he saw that corner route, and he would see as soon as that guy would make his break, he would flip his head and he shut it down. And I, there's a play where golf, he has to throw it underneath. And instead of it being a 25-yard pass, it's an 8-yard pass. Where that'll be like, oop, he gave up a completion. But in reality, he stopped the 25-yard completion. So he's very heady. Double moves, he's awesome at him. I mean, he stays underneath routes. Um, like I said, he's got instincts. The times where he really gave up, like, consistently was when he was playing, like, 10 yards off and they would run out routes or yep. slants. Which, I, found, I, mean, that, I found the same exact thing. And that's I mean that's hard to do against anybody, you know. And sometimes you're when you play that kind of coverage, you're basically giving those guys those things. Um, but nonetheless, you'd like him to see him collapse on it a little quicker. That's why that four or five speed kind of isn't great, even though his other stuff went pretty good. He's got decent ball skills. He's not like the greatest, but he's got he's got decent ball skills. When he does play tight, he's not a guy that's going to jam a wide receiver and they're going to be wrestling at the line of scrimmage for three seconds. He's more of a jam. And then go, but that's when he's like can play really tight. And like I said, when there's outbreaking routes, man, he's right underneath. I mean, he's a really heady player. You're never gonna see him just like make a like I've went through four games and I haven't seen one mental mistake. He looks really good on film, man, and it's it's fun watching him. Yeah, you mentioned instincts, and that's literally I have physical player and great instincts. Now, not necessarily physical like at the line of scrimmage. Like, you know, we think of DeAndre Baker, and what we think of DeAndre Baker is, oh, he's physical at the line of scrimmage. But physical just in regards of he's not going to allow a lot of separation. Now, one of the things that does concern me, and this is the biggest red flag, is that the Giants are now relying on two cornerbacks that do not have very good straight line speed. Yeah, but he didn't get, But Bradbury, as much as he doesn't have a good 40... There was never a time where he got burnt. In fact, I think prof, uh, like player profiler measures like times being burnt, and he had zero, right? I can look into that right now. Let's see. Um, I mean, the Four games, he got, didn't get burnt. There was the 141-yard uh, go route against Mike Evans, but he was right there with him. I mean, he was just playing inside leverage, and Jameis threw a perfect ball to the outside of Evans. Yeah, I, mean, I, have, it, I have it right here. I have it right here. He had a burn rate of 1.9% which ranked 45th in the league, which, I mean, that's not not terrible. I, I'm not very familiar with the burn rate, um, with the burn rate, what do you call it, metric? How, how, many, to- how, many, to- how many total were there, like where you said he got burned? I can, it, how many total? Well, it's just a rate. On player football, on player profile, it's just a rate. It's not like a pure, it's not like a raw number. Hold on. No, I'm going to I'm gonna find it for you. You're going to find it? I'm going to show you how find to do it? these analytics. Yeah, show me, show me how it's done. In the game log, he has zero burns through every game. Hmm. 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 All right. Here, here's here's a little <laughs> glimpse inside my brain. Here's a little glimpse inside my brain. I. <laughs> All right. Sorry. That yeah. That's mean. that's no no you no you're right. That is that is the look inside my brain. That, was um, mean. that is it's it's very very similar to how this guy operates. <laughs> no holds bad. <laughs> oh, that is uh, just not right. He just got us James Bradbury. That is true. That is true. I had to I had to throw in a Dave Gettleman joke in there, but <laughs> a little glimpse inside my brain. Player profiler, I don't know if I like fully trust a lot of their advanced metrics because I feel like it's just kind of it's 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 a fantasy football site. It's a like a fantasy football site. 
and how invested is Roto World into their individual defensive player fantasy metrics? I don't know. That's why I take whatever they say with a grain of salt. Like I'll look at their separation rate, but I won't look at totally like burn rate. Ugh, I'm a little I'm a little suspect to it. Like I'll, like I'm I can't wait for Pro Football Reference to. Uh, evolve as the years goes on but anyway that's just a look inside my brain and that's the these are the things that i think about every day and it has nothing to do with james bradbury but i'm glad bobby as you so this will be an evolving conversation we will see if player profiler and roto world is correct by saying that in 2019 as you go and watch every single game if he, that he had no uh burns hey through four games we'll see if they're correct no burns no burns in four games i will say i was watching trey boston he makes a lot of mental mistakes. He really does. He's a good like he's a I think he's a good player. He's a good talent. But man, he makes mental mistakes. Still would have taken him over Bertheo, though. You know this what confuses speed. me about Bradbury as I as I interrupt you about your point on Trey Boston? Because I want to get back on topic. Good podcasting. So you see hey, what I Trey did Boston is a free agent, dude. He is this is true. This is true. He is a free agent. But something that confuses me about Bradbury, I feel like he plays so fast and so physical in coverage and after a receiver catches a ball like he'll come off his route or whatever receiver that he's on and he'll make an incredible play on a ball carrier he'll make an incredible play on a receiver and the instincts is like there and it's like whoa I can't believe this guy just came off of wherever he was that quick and he made a play but I feel like that same physicality and willingness to make a play isn't there in the run game and not saying that he's bad in the run game but he's just a lot more timid, and that is what I'm finding right now. I agree. Now, granted, I've been fast-forwarding through the run plays, but yeah, there hasn't been a single play in the run game where I was like, wow, there you go, nice thump. I mean, I'm not saying I would highlight it anyways, but yeah, there hasn't been one there. Like, there's no, There hasn't been any Grant Haley plays um, in the run game. And that's literally what I have in my notes. <laughs> I have in my notes. I'd rather have Grant Haley have better ball skills than be an elite run defender. So... There. Yeah, yeah. It's not to say like this guy, you know. I'm sure if he misses a tackle, he'll freak out because that's just yeah. The way but we I'm going to say you know, in New York, you know for a fact that Giants Twitter is going to freak out the second that he miss the second that he doesn't make a tackle in the run game. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Do we have anything else on James Bradbury before we move on? Oh man, um, I think I think it was criminal how they used him in Carolina. Now, uh, Bobby, here, here's, so I'm, I'm a young fan, uh, and I think a lot of people may have this same perspective, but as somebody who's been watching football for longer than I have, you know, I feel like the, the cliche thing to constantly say is, oh, why can't this guy just play closer to the line of scrimmage, like, all the time? And, you know, we said that about Baker. We even said that about Jenkins. And I feel like we're even – I'm even I'm even saying that about Bradbury right now. You know, I, wa- I rewatched that 2018 game where he went up against Odell and he was playing 10 yards off the line of scrimmage every single play. And they, they were just allowing – Carolina was just allowing Odell to catch these 10, 15-yard slants. And Bradbury, while he was reacted, reacting to them pretty well and he was making a good play on the ball – you know, it wasn't necessarily his fault. I think it was more of a scheming thing. So, Bobby, how realistic is it to say, like, if because I, I have a feeling that in 2020 we're going to be upset at some point by saying DeAndre Baker and James Bradbury need to be playing more closer to the line of scrimmage and they need to be playing in press coverage more. How realistic is that to say that these that these cornerbacks should be doing that more and more and more and more as fans on Twitter say? Well, it's hard to say with 
the way the Panthers did it because you're just not in the moment. You don't get the context of the game. You're just going through, um, you're just going through film. And I will say with Baker, it, it pissed me off to no end. With um, Bradbury, now there was times like you said where he's playing ten yards off and then get the out route. But for the most part, he plays it extremely smart. Like he he's very heady, so he makes the right decisions in that cover three, where a Baker kind of was second guess himself. Or if, like they ran a go in a post, and you know Baker would fall for the post. It, it, he basically what I'm saying is he ran like the cover three the way it was supposed to be, and when he uh, when he was in man he was good. So it's hard for me to say the way the Panthers did it because you're just not you don't have the context of the full game when you're just going through the uh, through the sky cam. Uh, but yes, that was obviously something that bothered me very much with the way the Giants did stuff in 2019. All right, I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't like me being a, a Twitter coach or a Twitter GM just saying, oh, yeah, let's just put all these corners up on the line of scrimmage. You can't do it every play. Act. I get it. Because like – Right. Like, you, I mean, you remember me. I'd be like, why don't we blitz more on third down? Why don't we like, – we see it be successful. And it's not like – it's not like we could just blitz every play, even though like Wink Martindale with the Ravens blitz almost every play, <laughs> like over 50% of the time. So I get that. But there was times where it's like, listen – we're getting destroyed in this cover two, cover three scheme, and they're finding the hole every time. Why aren't you trying to be a little more aggressive? And that's who Betcher was known to be. So it's uh, it's all about balance. But l- let's move on, though. Do you want do you want to do two? There's two more things that we technically didn't do. Here, here's one very quick. 47 pass deflections in his career. This is Bradbury, which is kind of awesome. He had 12 in 2019 and a career best 15 in 2018. So that's a little tidbit. But do you also want to compare him to Byron Jones in their 2019 seasons, or should we save that? Let's let's save that. We've 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 Ooh. done what like 30 minutes on James Bradbury. Yeah, let's move. I would on. say I mean, closer people, to 25 minutes. Read yeah, read our read our tweets. That's what I'll say. <laughs> um, Leonard Williams, franchise tag 6.125 million. A lot of people thought he would be transition tagged, um, and then see what the market gives him, and then see if the Giants would match. I thought that might happen, although we've seen D Lyman get some huge deals. Justin, I don't want to go too into this because we've done this topic a thousand times, and rightfully so mm-hmm. because he's been in the news as much. Listen, we don't we don't like the trade. The trade is probably I would say it's the worst Gettleman move because um, the argument would be Ogletree, which I go back and forth because, but it's like at least you understood Ogletree, and it made sense if Ogletree would have been better. Where with Leonard Williams, like it's kind of like no matter how good he is, it just is a bad trade because you could have went and outbid him in free agency. There was no other teams rumored to be interested in him, um, and even even if there was, like say the Patriots wanted to trade for Leonard Williams, like they're probably not going to bring him back. It was probably be a one year rental out of shot at the playoffs or whatever team. It just didn't make sense because of the fact that we could have went into this free agency agency and outbid. For Leonard Williams, you could have just made, you could have paid, I would have rather paid an extra couple million, whatever it would end up being, instead of giving up a third round pick and a fifth round pick. That being said, Justin, we've talked extensively. Leonard Williams is a good player. Don't look into just the sacks, although in previous years, the sacks are there and the sacks will be there in 2020. He's not going to have a half sack season in 2020. He's a good player. And, but Gettleman knew he could not let Leonard Williams go. And if he got into the open market, there's a chance of letting him go. Yeah, Bobby, this whole situation will continue to be a mess until you can extend him and lock him up long term. 
uh, the franchise tag, it needed to be done. I, I don't know. It's, you know, I don't fully know enough about the transition tag to know, okay, I would have felt better if the Giants did that because in a way, wasn't there an interior defensive lineman that got $21 million today? Traded from the 49ers, went to the Colts. Uh, uh, DeForest Bunkner, he didn't get re-signed. Uh, Eric Armstead got a big contract, but he didn't make over $20 million. Let me look it up. So I guess, so I guess, stupid idiot on my part, but still, th- this it just goes to show that if you put Leonard Williams in the open market, you don't know. It, I mean, free agency is so so unpredictable. What the Giants were supposed to get Byron Jones, uh, we were also supposed to get Jadavion Clowney today. We were also supposed to get Corey Littleton, and none of that has happened. And you're seeing all these, you know, even even some of these interior interior offensive linemen. There was an interior offensive lineman that got a multi-year contract uh, who was signed today, where it's it just unexpected money. This money is coming, from, you know, this money is coming from teams that are in a desperate situation. So who knows what would have happened if Leonard Williams went into the open market and the Giants, like you said, Bobby, they have to keep him on the roster. And Gettleman knows that, and that in a way makes me feel good <laughs> because. We are both of the mindset that we need to make the picks that we give up for Leonard Williams worth it, and he needs to be back in blue. Gettleman knows that, <laughs> and he made that clear to the media the last time that he sp- the last time he spoke. So, giving him the tag and not the transition tag, it basically just ensures he's here. They have until July to work out a long term extension. Hope they can do it. Leonard Williams, good player. Trade is bad. We've been down. We've been down the road like a thousand times. I have a question for you though, because this has been floated out there, and I'm not saying it's been floated out like this is going to happen, but it's been thrown out by Giants fans. Would you just drop the tag if it meant, hey, we're going to use this money to sign Jadavion Clowney? <sighs> and it's like if we don't do this, we don't get Clowney. If we just drop the tag just to get Clowney, oh gosh. That's a that that really is a tough one. I mean, because I would usually using two defensive tackles anyways. You got you know Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Thomas. It's it's a it's a sloppy situation. Is basically what I'm I really I really do think if Leonard Williams did not have the negative stigma of coming along with the trade, that he would be much more beloved by Giants fans. Like he would be that. Oh yeah, you know how sneaky good Dalvin Tomlinson is. Uh, yo, you know how sneaky good like Dexter Lawrence is. You know how like sneaky good Mar- uh, Marcus Golden is, and how people love him. But because he has this negative stigma attached to the trade, gosh, I don't, I really don't know because Clowney is so good on the edge with you know against the run, right? But he's not a guy that gets sacks, but he also gets double teamed a lot. Leonard Williams is a guy that doesn't get a lot of sacks, but he's so good against the run and he gets double teamed a lot and he has an, a slightly above average win rate. So, oh, this is tough. You really put a you really put me in a conundrum here. I think why, the, what why the am I, would be why am I leaning? Why am I leaning Williams that yeah, I want to keep know. Leonard Williams? Well, partly is because there's reports that it's probably going to be 10 10 12 million uh, average annual value when they do sign Leonard Williams to an extension. Um, which I would rather have Leonard Williams at that 12 than, say, Clowney at 20 mil, which is looks like that's probably what he'll get, or at least we'll see. So that, say, that's $8 million. I mean, that's the difference between keeping a guy like Marcus Golden or you know, or any any player you want out there. That Basically, you get to add another player. So it, it's – okay, here's the question. Leonard Williams and Marcus Golden or Jadavion Clowney? I think this will be easy for you. 
Well, Leonard Williams and Marcus Golden together and not just Jadavion Clowney. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think I agree with you. So yeah. And do, I mean, do you do you think obviously this isn't like inside sources, but do you think that number ends up at twelve million or less? No, I think it's I would hope it's slightly under fifteen. I think it's more than tw- I I would I mean if I'm Leonard Williams, if the franchise tank is sixteen million dollars, I'm not gonna accept something that's much lower than that. I'm just not, especially with the expanding cap. Why why would I do that? I mean, he might Blaine Williams is what, 20, 25? If he does a two year deal and then the cap changes, then he hits free agency again at twenty seven and then he can sign a three, four year deal. I could see something like that, maybe. Yeah. I mean we've we've seen a few, we've seen a few guys do that where they're like they'll like Conklin did it where he's like, I'm only doing a three year deal so I can hit free agency again when the cap goes up. Yeah, which I mean, that would be smart for him, but it's also taking a chance because on yourself. Teams it's, aren't so. allowed to like, and we talked about this in a previous episode. Like, you know, we've talked about. Listen, you'll ha- the cap is going to go up, but say if a team like if we gave Leonard Williams ten mil this year, and then it's like twenty five the next two years per year, like we would get fined for that. The Cowboys and Redskins got fined for that the last time around. Yeah, so. I don't, you know, it, it's not like a, a written down rule. It's kind of like an unwritten rule between owners, uh, but they enforce it too. So it's not like it's uh, because the you know Snyder and Jerry Jones tried that or did that back in the day, and they they got in trouble for it. I think they it's got like they twenty call, million of cap like removed or something like that. It's what they call a social contract, Bobby Skinner. Uh, is it is that actually what it's called? No, I, I mean I'm a so I'm a. Like I'm part like sociology social major distancing? in college, so ooh, social distancing. Uh, happy so. What is this a uh, day? What is this day four or five of social distance distancing? It depends on how serious you you've taken this coronavirus. I'm not gonna say anything because people will get mad. But I will say I enjoyed the flea market on Sunday. Har! I'm enjoying just staying in my house. But yes, uh, what 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 other things do we have to talk about? Not well, much. Do we, I mean, do we have anything on Leonard Williams? There's a deadline. Uh, for him to sign the franchise tag or or else. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. This is where the second half of the show starts. We're recording the Giants signed Blake Martinez, linebacker from the Green Bay Packers for three years, $30 million. Blake is 26 years old, six foot two, 237 pounds. He's been the leading tackler in the NFL. He had the most solo tackles at 97. The advanced stats and coverage aren't great. Justin, I watched him against the Giants. That was about it. I wasn't impressed. I'm holding out um, hope because of the like. We know that tackles can be deceiving, but the, like he did lead in a tackle where Ogletree was never close to doing that. At least I don't think so. I'm going off the top of my head. Justin, I know you are more negative on him. You've looked into him more than I have. What are your thoughts? The dude is just not athletic. There have been certain points in his career where he's been good, where there's been certain points of his career where he's been good against the run. There have been certain points of his career where he's been good in coverage. Now, even in 2018, I think he was somewhat okay in coverage. Now you look at his pro football reference page and you look at his advanced defense and you look at, you know, his the completion percentage that he allows. 
it's bad. Uh, you look at the yards that he allows, it's bad. You look at the quarterback rating, it's bad. Um, so here, we, why, don't, why don't we just go into it now? Uh, 2018, he allowed 61 targets of 45 completions with the 73% completion percentage, 410 yards. That's not that the 410 yards, I guess that's not terrible. Uh, yards per completion is 9.1. He allowed five touchdowns with the, with the quarterback rating allowed of 118.9. I think the quarterback rating is kind of inflated because he allowed five touchdowns. The next year, a little bit worse. Uh, he still played 16 games, so he played 16 games of both 2018, 2019. He allowed an 83 completion percentage on 74 targets, 62 completions allowed, 570 yards allowed, 9.2 yards per completion, two touchdowns allowed, but the quarterback rating of 102.1. Uh, Bobby, it, it he leads he leads the league in tackles. Like fine, he he's he's a great tackler. Uh, you know, top five in tackles every single year, yada, yada, yada. Alec Ogletree was also a guy that was good at tackles. Now, Alec Ogletree was also a guy that missed a lot of tackles. Blake Martinez, he doesn't miss as many. He has a missed tackle rate of like, you know, almost 8% and then 10.5% this year in 2019. So it's not terrible, especially for a guy that's making so many tackles. You don't want, you know, he's not missing a tremendous amount of tackles. He's just not athletic. He's never been able to put it all together throughout his entire career where one year he may be good in coverage. He's lacking in run defense one year. He may be good in the run. He may be good against the run, but he struggles in coverage. The the giants needed an athlete. The giants needed an athlete at interior linebacker, and they needed somebody that could cover linebackers. Uh, They needed somebody that could cover tight ends. They needed somebody that can cover speedy high halfbacks. What did we go out and do? We got a guy that ran a four, seven at a, at the combine. Yeah, he ran a four seven one to forty. His vertical was twenty eight and a half inches, which is almost like that's not good. Bench was all right at twenty two. His three cone and twenty yard shuttles weren't bad at six nine eight and four two. So, like you said, that that speaks to the athleticism. I will say those advanced stats um, with linebackers, I just have a hard time trusting because it's just so different. You know, you're not really putting man coverage much. I'm not saying they're wrong. I just saying I don't like look at those and put a lot of faith. But from what everyone's saying, from what other people, you know, going off other people say he's not good in coverage. Um, and obviously I'll watch film, but I'm not I'm not expecting him to you know to blow me away because prepping for free agency, I watched him play against the Giants, and nothing blew me away. Didn't really do much of anything special. The only thing that comes to mind is he had a pass interference where he just laid out Slayton. I think it was. Um, <laughs> or defensive holding or whatever they ended up calling it. Now, the other side to this deal, though, Bobby, is three years, $30 million. No, that's not a lot at now, all. So we don't, it might even- no, and I was, ex- I was expecting, like, I was expecting Blake Martinez to demand slightly under Bobby Wagner money. Like, that's, that's kind of like what Spotrack had him as, which I found to be very, very interesting. I also find it to be very, very interesting that they that a lot of the sites that try to calculate the market value, they had him as more than Joe Sherbert. And I think Joe Sherbert is a much better player than Blake Martinez, which is also why this is disappointing. If Joe Sherbert isn't going to be demanding as much money as Blake Martinez, which why wouldn't Joe Sherbert demand more money than Martinez now since he already signed? You know, he kind of set the value, he set the market. Now we can watch the film. 
Now, this is much more of a reactionary part of the show compared to our James Bradbury, where it's like, okay, we had time to watch film. We had time to look into the stats. We had time to see, okay, do the stats match the eye test? Do the, do the eye test match the stats? We had the time to do that. Right now, we didn't have the time to do that, and we're tired, and we're reactionary, and this does not seem to be a good signing. The only good part about this is that he's not getting $15 million a year like <laughs> like, like some people thought. But Bobby, we went from having Alec Ogletree, who was a poor tackler, who was bad in coverage, and was not an athlete. And what did we need to do? What did we need to upgrade this offseason? We needed to upgrade the interior linebacker position in terms of getting a better athlete in there. And we arguably got a worse athlete. A better player. He's a he's a better player. I will say he's a better player than Alec Ogletree. He is a, arguably, you can argue that he's a worse athlete than Alec Ogletree. That is the opposite of what we need. Yeah, I. the point that a lot of people are making in my mentions, um, a positive point, is that if you put him with a guy like Simmons who can cover, Connolly he can cover, then it fits really well. And I'm not going to be like, say it's good because we're getting Simmons because we don't know what's going to happen. That being said, I just I don't I don't get it. If he if he is what everyone is saying, I, I like you said, I don't get it. When we first recorded this, Justin, I said if there's one position I'm okay with not paying someone and at being a bad position on the team would be inside linebacker because I think, you know, we talk about the running back positional value. I think inside linebacker is much more valid when talking about that, where I don't think you should pay average inside linebackers this kind of money where you know, maybe an av- an average corner would be more valuable. An average pass rusher would be more valuable. I just think you know, there's the top guys like Keekley, what Simmons, what we're hoping Simmons could be. You know, Patrick Willis types guys, Ray Lewis, who are just game changers. But I think the meet between the median and bad, it's not that big of a difference in what your game is. So, you know, to get all those tackles, you have to be you have to be doing at least something a little bit right. I get tackles are inflated, but to lead the league, there there's something there. I don't I don't know. Like you like you said, Justin, this is kind of reactionary. Three years and thirty million. Um, like you said, it's not a lot, but it's not a little either. That might be that could be Marcus Golden's contract, and I would much rather have yep. Marcus Golden than Blake Martinez on this team. And that that I mean that would suck. That I'll, I'll flat out say that now with before watching Martinez. If Marcus Golden's not a giant and Blake Martinez is, and they get around the same contract then, you know, that's kind of a failure. Yeah, even even a guy like Jordan Jenkins, uh, even if a guy like Jordan Jenkins, if he goes somewhere and he was rumored uh, to be linked with the Giants today, uh, not sure if uh, not sure if the final product of the, the first half of Talking Giants, if we're going to get that or not, but Jordan Jenkins was a guy that I talked about in my free agency plan. If he's a guy that the Giants wind up missing out on, I almost kind of prefer him over Marcus Golden, no matter how much that pains me to say it. If Blake Martinez is going to be the guy that replaces either Marcus Golden or uh, Jenkins being on this team, then bad, bad look. Such a, such a bad look. Uh, bad look, Bobby. So here, let's let's talk about this. We, I, there's two questions that are on the top of my brain. One, does this impact possibly Isaiah Simmons being on this football team? Because my answer is yes. And number two, how much cap space is left and how much room do we actually have now? That those are my two questions. Yeah. Well, with cap space, and you will get into David Mail and Aldrick Rosas in the in a in a bit. We start with about seventy eight million or so. Right now, we've used forty nine million between uh, Leonard Williams franchise tag, you know, James Bradbury, 
we've used 49 million. We're highballing it at with 15 mil in the draft. Right now, we'd have 14.5 million left. Um, that number could increase if the Giants were to cut Antoine Bethea. That would increase it by 2.7, which puts you at um, 17.25. And then if Leonard Williams like like was reported that the deal could be between 10 and 12, if that deal goes to 10, um, that adds 4.125 million, and we'd be with 21.5 million left. Gettleman has talked about wanting to have 20 million left over. I think that is unrealistic at this point. Let's play the low number and say it's 14.5 mil left. There's not really much you could do with wow. that. I mean, you could maybe get one so player, you, but mean, you got to you got to get some minimum guys in there as well. I mean, this I talked about on Twitter a few days ago how the fact that Bethea hasn't been cut yet, there's actually a scenario where he could be a serviceable player on this team playing in either maybe a, a money backer or a strong safety spot while Peppers is playing that money backer spot on third down as a way that that can mask some of the issues on third down. Here's the thing, Bobby. Like, here's the thing about signing Blake Martinez for three years, $30 million. You cannot feel confident leaving Blake Martinez out on the football field on third downs because you just feel more confident when Jabril Peppers is playing at like that money backer linebacker spot on third down and then Ryan Conley will be next to him. So we just paid three years. Now, I don't want to have this hot take. I don't want to have this sports radio hot take without watching the film, but I mean, uh, it's tough for these pro football reference numbers to lie sometimes. We just paid three years, $30 million for a two-down linebacker. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't give, I can't honestly give any more takes without watching them. You know, our first half of this show was very freaking informed. I just, I don't feel informed <laughs> right now. I really don't. You feel naked because you're not informed. So we'll our next episode, we'll come back with a lot more. So let's let's move on because we're repeating ourselves at this point. David Mayo, other linebacker, three years, eight point four million. Uh, that's two point eight annually. Justin, I'm fine with David Mayo being a backup, and at this point, it's he is a backup. You know the whole conversation of I hope he's not slated to start. That being said, I don't like David Mayo because people say David Mayo is something that he's not. He's not a good run stopper. Uh, he simply just filled holes at times. He was horrible in the past. Um, hopefully, Blake Martinez. Like, he, he had to be worse than Blake Martinez. That's what I'll, 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 I'll go hot take right now. Blake Martinez was better against the pass than David Mayo because it's, it's not possible to be worse against the pass than David Mayo. Um, he w- <laughs> you want to put money on he it? He wasn't good. <laughs> yes. We, he wasn't good <laughs> against the run at, at all. I mean, he was. there were some plays he made. The only game where he played really well was playing – uh, weak side to Ryan Connolly against the Redskins because he was just following that aggressive playmaker in Connolly. I don't know what we're gonna get with Connolly. That being said, this is uh this is a deal that you this this is the kind of money you give for a backup. I think Mayo has proven that he can uh be uh, a serviceable backup. He's not gonna be some great middle linebacker, but he's a good backup. Yeah, he's a good backup. Um you could get your wish. Bobby Skinner, you said you wanted him to be a fourth string linebacker. If the Giants actually invest uh, a high leverage pick in this year's NFL draft, you very well may get your wish about David Mayo being your fourth string linebacker uh, who is getting who has a three year deal. When I saw that three year deal initially, because there was no salary that was initially reported with that three year deal uh, when it first broke, I was like, oh, boy. Uh, do the Giants actually think that he's a starter? And obviously the answer to that question is a big N-O. So 
I'm I'm a little bit more of a fan uh, of Mayo than than you are. I think you know when he gets moving downhill, he can really pop some pop some running backs. He can really make some good plays in the run game. Yeah, I feel a little bit better about David Mayo than you do. Happy he's back. Good depth. Uh, at least we know for a fact now. Remember how we said a few weeks ago that Kevin Scherer only had one only had one body in the interior linebackers room. That is false. He now definitely has three for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm <laughs> off my game, man. We had, a, I will say, and maybe we should find some way to release it, even though we're not going to, but we had an awesome hour show. I mean, it was an awesome show. Yeah. I mean, hung up and I was like, this show was awesome. And now it's one o'clock in the morning, um, one now and we're kind of off our game. Um, but guess what? I'm going to study film until four o'clock in the morning. Uh, cause we love you guys. So Mayo, it is what it is at this point. Rosas was uh, given a second-round tender, which puts his contract at $3.2 million. The Giants had to do this. This was the right thing to do, Justin. But I will say I don't feel great giving $3.2 million to a guy who was just a flat-out bad kicker in 2019. Yeah, especially confused me uh, just because uh, I, I easily get confused. But it confused me because we extended him last offseason. So what do we, why do we even have to touch Aldrick Rosas? But hey, here's what I'm holding out hope for. A team can give us their second round pick to sign Aldrick Rosas and then ultimately makes up for the Leonard Williams trade. It makes up for everything bad that Gettleman ever did because we got a second round pick because another team signed our kicker. That's 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 the last thing that I'm holding out hope for this offseason. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll be holding out hope for a little while. Justin, because that yeah, don't hold your breath. It's just flat out not going to happen, my man. Um, <laughs> the last thing the Giants want to do is be playing kicker uh, carousel. We, I mean, we've seen teams do that, and it screws them. You know, the Bucks have done it. You know, they literally lost a game to us because of their kicker situation. So I, I agree with bringing Rosas back, three point two mil. Eh, but it is what it is. The guy, I mean, you made a Pro Bowl or just two. You know, less less than two years ago, he was a guy who missed one kick all year. So he's fully capable. It's just about him doing it in 2020. So hopefully that's what he is. So I had a great joke in the first part too. It wasn't even a joke. I was at a Bucks Raiders game because we're talking about the Bucks, like their kicking situation, how it's just been doomed forever. And Robert Aguayo, the second round pick, missed an extra point. And my friends who were in a different section said the lady in front of them was like, I would hate to be his father. The joke, this isn't this isn't great saying it the second time. <laughs> I, we're being downers right now, but it is what it is. It's not our fault that they signed someone at one o'clock in the freaking morning. And they couldn't just sign anybody. Like this, like uh, Clowney or oh yeah, oh Jadavion Clowney or Marcus Golden. Oh yeah, Marcus Golden's back, right? No, it it had to be a guy that is literally probably the most controversial free agent out there, at least on the defensive side of the ball, like for the Giants. Blake Martinez, most controversial, most questionable, guy that has the most question marks, probably because I raised them on Giants Twitter today. So I, I blame myself. I actually have to give myself credit because, look, so I had this tweet at 4.58 p.m. I made this tweet as soon as Matt Lombardo. Now, you, now in, our, in our episode that will never be released, Bobby Skinner, you actually crapped on Matt Lombardo a little bit because he was the one that had this report I just that said the Giants were going it's not after. not for sure. Not, I mean, Whatever. any any time any time Matt Lombardo was brought up on this podcast, you definitely you definitely try to throw in a little shade here and there. Yeah, I mean, I don't like him. 
after so after that report came out, I'm like, no, 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 no. So 4.58 p.m., this is what I tweeted. The Giants will make a huge mistake if they sign Blake Martinez. Just like Ogletree, don't let the big tackle numbers fool you. Very bad in coverage. Would basically be going Alec Ogletree 2.0. There aren't many free agent moves that would make me upset, but this one would. So I spoke it into existence. You're welcome. I'm a genius. I love being right. Yes, unfortunately. All right, Justin. Let's let's <laughs> let's finish it off and we'll we'll have clear thoughts in our next episode. With fourteen point yes. five million. Remember when people were complaining? Like, why aren't the Giants doing anything? Shut up. Seriously, <laughs> shut up. That was so annoying. It's like it's the third hour of free agency. That was so freaking annoying. Uh, at least we're not the Texans trading for uh, DeAndre Hopkins or trading DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and here's a bright way of thinking of Blake Martinez. He signed for if if I would have told you a year ago that Bla- we could get Blake Martinez for the same contract as Eric Flowers, would you take it? I would have had to say who was Blake Martinez one year ago. Oh, you knew who Blake Martinez was. All right, what's next with fourteen point five million in cap space? <laughs> what is next? Because it's just hard. To, there's not a lot left to to do anything. Shoot. Sugar and spice. I mean, you can fit Marcus. If Marcus Golden wants a $10 million, $10 million per year contract, sign me up, and then you have $4 million left for small deals. Yeah, I mean, you got to get some minimums. Um, I think Marcus Golden would be the best and most affordable guy left. I, I know you like Jordan Jenkins. I don't know what he's going to garner. He he's probably going to ask for more than Golden because there's an age difference. Jenkins is heading into the prime of his career, while Golden's like 29. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll be back soon with an episode, um, probably sooner rather than later. <laughs> we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you putting up with our little gloominess. But like I said, it's late, um, and we should still have some more stuff to do before we call it a night. And head to work at 6 o'clock in the morning. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see you in the next show. Until then, let's go Big Blue.